Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of the Hawkins Do Coffee podcast. My name is Lauren. And my name is Emily and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things and I still have not got a new way of saying that. <laughs> it's okay, you've like coined that tone I feel of like, yeah, at this, at point, this point, is there any point in changing it? Because I feel like it wouldn't no. sound right. No, it works. It's fine. So this is actually the third month of the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast. It is now September, which is slightly terrifying. It still feels like it's like March 300th or something like that. I'm Um, convinced that April, May, June and July just didn't didn't exist this year. I I don't understand. No. No. So... This month, obviously every month we start a new topic, so this month's topic is all about the bonus books, the comic books and the three full-size novels that we currently have as Stranger Things bonus content, which is very exciting. I was very happy about the bonus content, but that's because I am a bit of a sucker for bonus content in general. Like, I'm always always there for it, so... I mean, as soon as... The Will comic was announced. Are we at all surprised? <laughs> that I was literally like, I need this in my life. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that I like waited yeah. for and got each episode of. Mm. Like each, like one of the comics, whereas the other ones I waited until they were the full bind ups. And obviously mm. I got the books when they first came out mm. as well. If anyone is actually listening to this and does have the Will comics and like individually and has not, done it yet like flip them around and line yes. them up in the order yes. of the um of the issues obviously i, I don't think it's going to show it right because obviously it's a green screen but if you are yeah. watching on youtube it you can kind of see the background here yes. and if you line them up it just all looks it just all looks really nice and it's all really this is cool. the type of bonus content that i like you know like if you had those comics like and you didn't you read them and that was it like you could frame that you know you can make like a nice little Hmm. upside down creepy hawkins forest vibe i know and it, it just looks yeah if you obviously aren't watching on youtube it all it all lines up um to me yeah. as like that creepy forest and all the characters are there and it's just and i think Will's it's really bike, cool is it yeah it is really cool yeah anyway yeah yeah. It's Will's bike. yeah yeah it's cool it's really cool um so as is now the tradition we have a question of the week yes what and, is that question this week, Emily? Uh, very fittingly, it's going to be, what is your favourite bonus content, essentially? <laughs> well, my favourite bonus content, don't mean to brag, was uh, Secret Cinema, which we were lucky enough to go to, and I will forever shout about how much I loved it. But I really aside... hate that I did not think of that as bonus content, even though it's <laughs> it is bonus content. bonus content. I think you could have Of had. the bonus contents. <laughs> But aside from Secret Cinema, which was absolutely iconic, I have got a bit of a soft spot for the Darkness on the Edge of Town novel, which is a book all about Hopper before Hmm. moving back to Hawkins when he lived in Brooklyn. So I, I mean, I really liked the Will comics. (laughs) Oh, really? um, I, no, to be honest, all the comics, to be honest, I've actually quite enjoyed, or what, of them I've seen mm. stuff like that I've really enjoyed those yeah um I did however like Suspicious Minds I feel like that's a controversial point no back. it was I good like, I thought yeah. it was good I think I went into it kind of thinking I don't I'll read it because it's you know bonus content which I know sounds really silly and obvious but I think I went into it like that and actually 
by the end of it, I was kind of, I could see myself figuring out things as I was going along. Yeah, then, that was, I think, the yeah. best thing about uh, Suspicious Minds. I was going to say that was the best thing about Stranger Things then. That was the best <laughs> thing about Suspicious Minds is that it did have those clues that you could pick up along the way, which was mm-hmm. really good. Obviously, this month there is going to be a full episode dedicated to Suspicious Minds. So yes. we will go into more detail about the Suspicious Minds book. And it gives you chance, if you haven't read it, to mm-hmm. read it. And then you can come and listen or watch us yeah. wherever. Exactly, and, uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's one of those ones that if join you... Join in. Yeah, if you like bonus content, then Suspicious Minds is good. But as you know, we're saying, we will talk about Suspicious Minds properly <laughs> another time. Yeah, so actually, if I... If we let you guys know, so it'll be Suspicious Minds, Darkness on the Edge of Town and Runaway Max. So those are the three novels. So if you haven't read the three novels and you do want to listen or watch the podcast and listen along with us and share your own theories, those that I think that's the order that we're doing it in. Yeah, I think so. So that'll be the next three weeks. So if you want to read before we talk about each of those books feel free to go and check them out and then you can know what we're talking about <laughs> and not get spoiled <laughs> about the bonus content if you want to listen along. But this exactly. episode is all about the comics. Yes. So officially there has been four comics released. Um, yes. Don't quote me on this order. But um the will comic was first i believe that is called the other side but i think yes it just seems to be known as the will comics the will the comic yeah. about will yeah um then it was six um then following on i believe it was then into the fire because they're kind of it's, it's a sequel of six yeah um and then i think zombie boys is the newest of those four but it might yes. have slotted in somewhere. Between, in between six and Into the Fire. I think Zombie Boys and Into the Fire came out so close to each other that I'm really not 100% sure on like, the order of when they yeah, came yeah. out. But um, I remember being yeah. on Reddit and I think it was like, oh, this is happening. Now this is happening. And it was, yeah. yeah. There's a few more in the works as well. So you've got, um, I think it's called Science Camp. And it's to do with um, Dustin and Susie at Camp Nowhere. And then you've also got the couple of freebies that have come out. So you had one that centred around Mike. Um, and then you've got one that centres around Erica. And she wants to, like, sell some Russian goo. Um, <laughs> and then you've also got the newest one that's been announced, actually, which is yes. Stranger Things and D&D, like a crossover. Kind of very thing, excited about that I, yeah i'm really excited about that so yeah so um exclusive uh not actually an exclusive but uh, i got to see a very very brief preview of that comic and i am very excited about it i'm so jealous like i'm just I'm so very uh, like, excited about it. if you haven't seen the synopsis of it it's essentially uh, it's obviously pre-season one and it's kind of um will mike and lucas like meeting dustin and 
I, I presume they play D and D. I haven't seen. A I, I want to say yeah. There's there's D and D involved in the in the, in the comic. Yeah, maybe. Who who knows? Just possibly. But should we start at the beginning then? And yes. The first one that came out, which is the other side, which is centered around definitely not my favorite character, uh, Will Byers. Yes. This one is Will in the Upside Down. So it's kind of what we didn't see in the show because it's sort of his side of the conversations that Joyce was having with him with the lights and him trying to hide from the Demogorgon and try and find his way back to Hawkins, whereas most of what we saw was the people in Hawkins trying to get to Will. What was interesting around this is that I remember when it first came out and I'd read it and I told a few people about it that I always said to people, don't read it yet. Like if you haven't seen season one, cause people were saying, what order should I do it? So I'm much like, yeah. watch season one, maybe watch season two and then go back and read the Will comics. Yeah. Because it just added this real new dimension that, I mean, why not? We're going to talk about it. Let's spoil the ending. So there's one shot. I mean, I'm, um, yeah, I assume people know that we're, that's what we're going into. So Yeah. So there's one shot at the end of issue four. So there's four issues. Um, and it's got the mind flayer kind of looking down on Will as he is being used as the breeding ground, so to speak. Um, and it's quoting, um, should I stay or should I go? And the lyrics yes. of it. So, and I think it's just one of those ones that it just, it seems to read a lot more, I think, if you watch after season two. And then it's also yeah. really interesting going back and watching a season one, knowing the comics are there. Because, I mean, me personally, I know watching it, I was always trying to try and figure out where Will was at certain points, which sounds yeah. really strange. But like, I was always like, okay, so he is he here at this point? Because there's a scene where... Um, Chester, the dog is called Chester, isn't it? I mean, he disappeared, but <laughs> they had a dog. What was this about? <laughs> I mean, um, I think the, the dog internet's was... most yeah. like most conspiracy conspiracy at this point. What happened Honestly. to the bias dog? <laughs> Maybe we should have a whole podcast on where that dog went. Um, I mean, we should have done it in character theories. <laughs> we should have. Where's the dog? Um, yeah, there's a shot where I think the dog's sitting in Castle Byers. I was like, oh my gosh, is Will there at that point? And yes. it was really interesting then to go back, um, having read the comics, be like, oh my god, okay, so Will was here at this point, and then he's here, then he's here, and it's yeah. To yeah. me, it, it added. It's the one for me personally comic that was really added something for me. Yeah, I think a lot of that is that the effects that it has knowing what happens in the show is really good and I think that a lot of the comic panels are really good because they do have those parallels to the show and obviously in uh, Six and Into the Fire we it, it doesn't play on scenes from the show necessarily it plays on scenes from the comics so that show connection whilst it is there because especially like Into the Fire because Callie is in Into the Fire um, for a little bit it's not it doesn't have that same connection and that same meaning as the hmm. 
Will Comics do did do because they just gave us that entirely, pardon the pun, new dimension to the show that we that we knew in this whole this whole sort of extra level which I think I that's I think that's why I really like right liked it as well I think that there was just so much more to it which just added mm. this whole new thing so yeah that was mm. a good thing about it it was also interesting as well that reading it because it seemed to um so obviously uh Jody I don't want to get her name say the name wrong Hauser Hauser, Hauser, yeah, Hauser. Jody Hauser. Yeah, Hauser, yeah. yeah. Jody Hauser. Um, she's obviously had to have conversations with Netflix, I presume. The Duffers had to be involved somewhere, especially when they weren't allowed to use the number one, which we've talked about a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming there's been some conversations there, but there are a few moments in it that really change what we thought we knew about how, for example, how Will got to the Upside Down. So yes. I think... In issue one, when he's sitting in the shed, we see, I mean, we presume the Demogorgon is within the show coming up to him and takes him there. But within yeah. the comics, it seems to suggest that the Demogorgon's actually outside and somehow Will's almost transported himself in a way. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a couple of scenes in the comics where it suggests that Will has used powers that he doesn't know he has, which... Mm is really interesting and a theory that I've had for a really long time is that Will has more ability than he's aware that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, for those not watching, Emily is rubbing her fingers together very excitedly about this whole situation. Um, it's all I want. But I don't dislike the theory that Lonnie was somehow involved with the lab to make a little bit of extra money because that just seems like the complete shady thing that Lonnie buyers would do. And... Mm if that's what's happened somehow and then that's what's led to will having extra powers like that wouldn't be surprising to me and it makes sense as to why will has that connection and why he has that connection from the get-go you know and why he is able to survive in the upside down whereas Mm. like barb died pretty instantly Mm. yeah there's actually a shot in the comics where will does somehow get to the harrington's house and he picks up um, Barb's glass, and I think he takes them back to the buyer's house, I think, and tries to communicate with his mum, with them in his hand. It's a, it's a very specific shot, and I don't quite know why it's included, in a way. Yeah. But there's like little moments of that throughout, that he actually meets a lot of the people that have been taken. Um, so there's, I think, two... Um, I don't know if they're lab techs, he meets those in I think it's issue three Uh, it could be four but it's one of the later ones Uh, meets them and has a conversation um, with them that way you've also Mm. got the moment that he somehow sees Elle which is really interesting actually and it's actually different from how we see it in the comic uh, how we see it in the show sorry because in the comics, Will, she sort of comes out of this big light. Will sees her come out of a light, almost like she's teleported to the forest and into the Upside Down. And then mm. and then she sort of teleports out again, mm. you know? So it's almost like from the lab, she like sort of teleported into the Upside Down a little bit and then teleports back out into the actual world in the forest. Yeah. 
And then you think is that something she can do that we don't know about and she doesn't know she can do it either. Yeah. Because what's actually interesting, and it's kind of related to that, that for the whole time it seems to suggest that Will can actually hear everything that's going on. So he can hear, essentially, them saying that he's dead. Um, Yeah. He can hear... I can't remember if he can hear his friends' conversations, but he can hear, like, his mum talking to him and all that kind of thing. So it kind of suggests that there's... But obviously they can't hear him, the other side, unless the portal and or he's on the walkie-talkie, etc. So it's really quite interesting then actually how that's played, because then, as I said, it could be suggested that L can be tapping in and out, or is Will somehow manifesting all yeah. this? It's, yeah. And it's interesting that he can use the lights to communicate. Yeah, that's really quite a interesting point with that, because it seems to give off this almost electric kind of shock feel yeah. that's how it's drawn within the comics anyway which I mean it could be a we're drawing it like this way for a dramatic effect scenario like because obviously if you like if, if you're drawing something and you just touch something it's not going to have the same kind of oh, shock value scenario. but I know so that the that Duff thing. yeah but I know that the Duffers obviously didn't directly make this comic but they obviously were involved somehow mm-hmm. and, and I just think mm-hmm. that I don't trust them to think that anything is of coincidence no on that note actually there is one shot that we've never actually noticed before and i've noticed this a couple of times so there's one when i think it's as the demogorgon is coming through he's either entering the door or exiting there's a shot of a book called the house of stairs and it's by let me get the title up william sleater William Sleater. I'm, that's how I'm going to go with the pronunciation. So this um, is a real book, so this book actually exists. Yeah, this was written, I believe, in 1974, and it's a science fiction thing. So I was reading through it, and it's kind of... Uh, reading through a wiki, I should say. <laughs> reading through the description, and it's kind of based on an actual experiment. So kind of like the idea of... Um, if you... So the example it gives here that if you're told to like pull a lever um, or something like that and it gives you food or a reward, it kind of then sets the idea that, okay, so that's a positive action. If I do this, I will get something positive in return. It's um, um, in the book, yeah. Positive conditioning, like, like classical conditioning. Pav- Pavlov and his dogs. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And that's something that is a theme within this book. So it kind of starts, I believe, that they're told to essentially follow, blindly follow orders um, to make, you know, be under the control of this unknown force thing. And it starts with something simple as a dance. If they dance, they get something, they get food in return. Um, but then it continues and it ends up, they have it to them, then have fights. And if they fight, then it, it comes that positive thing because they realise that that isn't enough to so then introduce something more extreme. And there's one quote here from one of the characters in this. Um, so... There's two people that um, essentially don't get brainwashed. Sorry if you have not read this book. You've now been spoiled. (laughs) Um, So Lola and Peter haven't been brainwashed by this experiment. And then Lola, it says here, tries to explain to Peter about like the power of the unknown forces and says, "Um, this thing we're fighting, this place, the people that are doing it, whatever it is, it's tricky. 
and it's in control, everything is on its side. We have all the machines in the world and they've got us trapped and they can do whatever they want to us. We don't have anything, we don't have anything to fight except ourselves, our own bodies and our brains, which is something that I think actually can be applied very well to the, the upside down, and especially yes, 100%. will within them. The, in, I mean, if without even really going into theory here, that it, it clearly wants him there and he can't. Yeah get out of this so 100 that, yeah that's a thing in control and really the only thing he can do is i suppose in a way is a way fight himself out or yeah. become so ingrained in this that it's under its control which really relates to the shot we see of the uh, mind flare um at the end of it where it's like it starts quoting should i say should i go saying that we know who you are now we know what clothes you wear and etc etc so I don't know. I find it just like a really interesting parallel, actually. Yeah, that that I find that really interesting, and I find the choice of book really interesting as well because I don't think that that is something that they would just randomly put in. Like when you think about a book that you need to put into something that you you know if you're drawing something or even if you're writing something, you think, okay, what would this character be reading? There's a reason why that's the type of book that they would be reading. So there's an actual sort of thought out logic to why that book would be there but um we were also saying that in the fourth issue there is also Stephen King's The Dark Tower which makes an appearance yes so Mike and Will are they're not reading in the library Mike is trying to read parts of it to get an idea for his campaign um but he's told essentially he won't be able to read it at home because his mum wants to talk about feelings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and also um, he's 12 and definitely should not be reading The Dark Tower at age 12. Wouldn't even be 12 with a comic, would he, really? Because mm, this is, this is no. pre-season one, so he's likely 11, if that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Um, for those that don't know, the Stephen King's The Dark Tower is a very big series. It's one of Stephen King's books where there's actually lots of series um, and like volumes to it. Um, and... The Dark Tower is where um, lots of entities live and are. So if I'm not wrong, because it is a series I haven't read, but it is on my to-be-read pile, so I could be slightly off with this. But if I'm not incorrect, The Dark Tower is where Pennywise is. But, yes, but not but those, not yeah. as Pennywise, just as what he is yes, before actually, when he doesn't become yeah. his, his before he like turns into what is scaring people, like his true form and, and other beasts from all of Stephen King's novels are all in this dark tower. Hmm. I think you're right actually, that I also yeah. haven't read it. But I do remember something like at the back of my mind that someone was saying that Pennywise is some or it, I suppose, the nearest. It, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. It is in this in some way. So. Yeah, so it it is a, a most of um, yeah Stephen King's uh, the C- the Stephen King universe villains. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, there. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to read it because apparently it does actually sound like something. Um, really good uh, and is a really good book it's my friend's favorite book series um yeah so she talks about it quite a lot and I think 
that parallel is interesting that Mike would be trying to take inspiration from something where a bunch of entities from different dimensions exist in a tower somewhere, which just is very symbolic to the Demogorgon existing in the lab. I mean, yeah. What's also interesting as well that um, Mike won't let Will read it. And it's very much like, oh no, yeah. you, you can't read this. And he's like, oh no, I, I just want to look out for Will the Wise, to be yeah. honest. But in the next shot, it shows him captured by the Demogorgon yeah. being made so, into a breeding ground. <laughs> on Stephen King's website, it says, Located in the Fey region of the End World, amid a sea of singing red roses, the Dark Tower is the nexus point of the space-time continuum. It is the heart of all worlds, but it is also under threat. Someone or something is using the evil technology of the Great Old Ones to destroy it. I mean, if we really want to go into theory, this really seems to relate again, doesn't it? A little bit. A little bit. Um, no, I think outside of it, it's very upside down in a sense then, especially since I think season one, it's very much shown to be kind of like this border of the world, like all the gates yes. everywhere. And that's also yeah. seen in the comics as well as the show that I think Will tries to communicate through these gates. And I think he actually recognises it as a gate and goes, there is a gate yes. here when he's trying to get in contact with his dad. And there's also an opportunity... Um, where he can actually escape, but he lets Nancy escape instead. So it's like a moment like that. So I think, I mean, that isn't very dark tower at all, what I've just said that point No, there. but <laughs> it's really lovely because it's like that's his friend's sister and he's sort of thinking hmm. he wants, he doesn't want that to, which I think is really sweet. And also I wonder if part of that is because he knows that he can survive like some subconscious part of him knows that he can survive in the upside down whereas because we've not seen any different the two people that we've seen that are able to exist in the upside down for an extended period of time are will and l and that is it hopper goes in there and within 10 minutes of being in there he starts to get attacked by those vines barb gets in there she dies almost immediately people go in there and they die whereas will was able to live not well, but in the Upside Down for a whole week. Elle also can be in there for a week and extended periods of time and can live in there. And mm. that's in that's interesting. It's, it's not a coincidence that Will is the only other person that is able to exist for extended periods of time in the Upside Down where everything is dead. What's also interesting, actually, if we do think on that note, with even with just season two, the when he's kind of going between the upside down and the real world and such, where he's running down... I always remember that scene where he's running down that corridor, which is paralleled very nicely when Elle does the same thing. But we'll talk yes. more about Il, Will, L parallels another time. Um, <laughs> that it kind of follows him, doesn't it? And it grows towards him, almost like it is trying to get him, which actually we noticed that when we were going through the comics again, that even though the Demogorgon's actually trying to... It's clearly trying to find him. It's yes. more... It's not trying to almost hunt him down, so to speak. Like, it isn't yeah. finding him for the purpose of killing him. Which... Yeah. There's actually a, yeah. a really interesting quote where it says, um, 
where it's talking about the demogorgon and it says it isn't the boy under the bed that it's after hmm. which so is what is it after what is it after what is it looking for um and there is the there was there is sort of that conversation of the demogorgon could have possibly only ever seen one human before which is l does it think will is l yeah and that leads on to i'm going to only touch on this very briefly because i think i mean I don't know if the theory's been debunked, but there was a theory al- along the lines of, I think, around when season two was coming out, maybe post-season two, that if you look at... All those years again, ago. Yeah. God. It's quite a while, actually, isn't it? Three you years. Really think about it. Um, that if you look at the whole thing as a game of D&D, there was some argument that if they're all playing the characters, is L Will's character... Yeah, there's also a quote where to describe her where he has a flashback to them playing D&D where he says, is she the spirit of the wood? There's a comparison between the, the spirit of the wood in D&D and when he first sees Elle for the first time in the yeah. Upside Down, which is very interesting. There's also a quote which I really like, uh, which was that Will, when he's hiding, is surrounded by a darn mockery of the world he knows. Hmm. It's just like, even in the comics, he can't get a break, can he? <laughs> no, he can't get a break. But it also, even in the comics, you can't ignore the possibility that the Upside Down is a parallel, is no, an alternate I, dimension, yeah. that there is some I, form yeah. of time travel involved. Yeah, what's interesting as well in the comics is that he does seem to go to all his friends' houses as well, so it isn't just there. And he goes there yeah. with the purpose of, maybe I'll be closest to them then, because if I could hear my mum, essentially... Can my friends hear me? Because I think he goes to Mike's house and tries to communicate in the basement there, which is where he finds out that he died, uh, which is heartbreaking. It's actually <laughs> um, a bit traumatic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that all happens there, actually, which, yeah, it's it's interesting. Mike's house where Will the Wise dies as well, but that's okay. Why would you say that? <laughs> Maybe it's symbolic. Maybe it's symbolic of like parts of Will's childhood, like ending there. I mean, in actually, in a really, it in is a really tragic way. That's true. It is true. Yeah, because actually, it hurts, yeah. but it's true. Yeah, he tries to go there, finds out he himself died. Then in season three, his best friend destroys his. Essentially, he's happy place, and he's happy character. <laughs> um, and then obviously he gives up his own set at his own house. Yeah. Shall we talk about zombie boys whilst on the slight topic of Will, but in a slightly happier way? Because Zombie Boys is actually a very short comic, but a very cute comic that I actually yeah. really love. I was so pleasantly surprised with Zombie Boys because Me I remember too. reading the synopsis on Reddit. And being like, do we need this? But actually, it was, it was really sweet. And I, just, I think it allowed yeah. Will to take back some of the control that he'd felt like he'd lost a little bit. Like yeah. people were calling him these horrible things, and then he was able to do something really fun with his friends and turn into zombie boy but in a fun way where he's really enjoying it with his friends and 
Before for those that haven't read it. Before a couple of weeks later. Before a couple of weeks later where season two starts. Um, so yeah, this is set in between season one and season two and it's very close to the start of season two. Um, and the plot, the brief like premise is that a new kid, Joey, shows up to the AV club and he has a new camcorder, which is like state-of-the-art camcorder. Um, so he wants to make a film, so they make a Zombie Boys film. Um, couple of questions about it. Where did Joey go? Um, because he's obviously not mentioned in the show at all, and there's no, there's no. He's just assumed. Do they just not be friends with him outside of the AV club? Does he move I away mean, again? We, we, we Where is Joey? I think just... justice for Joey is the new justice for Bob. Yeah, I mean it makes more sense. Anyway, <laughs> but um. It's, it is really cute and, like, it allows Will to get sort of a little bit of power back and the ending's really sweet and he says that this will happen to him but everything's going to be okay, which obviously we know is a lie, but Will doesn't think it is at the time, so that's really sweet. Hmm. On that note, actually, there's also a really... This isn't to do with comics, but it reminds me of that, that in one of the companion books you could get, I think it was... Was it Will's Diary or the Hawkins Yearbook or something? He also says a similar thing in the gap between season two and three. Like, it's okay. I have my friends. I have my family. What more do I need? It's like, <laughs> oh, Will, if I knew you knew. Anyway, <laughs> back to Zombie Voice. Um, I think he just he should just not say anything. Really. No, just don't jinx it, you know? Just yeah. when things are going good, just don't acknowledge that they're going good so that the mind flayer doesn't hear you and come back. Exactly. Anyway, zombie boys. So Zombie boys. Yeah. So they make a film, essentially, um, because um Will draw the draws these pictures. I can't remember how Joey gets hold of them. Yeah, that's never really explained. Yeah. But he gets hold of the pictures and is then like, let's make a zombie movie. This would um, be so good. Yeah. So naturally they're all really excited, apart from Will, who's hiding his pain in puns and humour, which, relatable. Um, yeah, what a mood. <laughs> the thing also with this is that it doesn't sugarcoat the trauma that Will has. No. It does actually address them. Um, and the one thing that I did really appreciate with this is that it does talk a lot about his trauma but it does also talk a little bit about race and that lucas mm. calls out like he's like i'm not dying in this film because the mm. black people like the black guy always dies in mm. horror films like why mm. is that always the case you know like can we make something that's different and i appreciated that as well like i thought that was quite just mm. it was like it was literally a page but it did get the point across and and it was quite good that they were like okay we're gonna make something which people don't usually see but people should see because there's that another should... moment yeah there's another moment of that earlier in the um comic as well when lucas is in i think he's in the forest with joey and troy says a comment about it's not jackie chan but it's something like that he makes a comparison there and be like oh you're gonna do kung fu or whatever and yeah the way that joey really kind of owns that and yeah. he goes in with an attitude of, well, actually, I'm trained in this, don't want to get near me, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And Lucas seeing that, and it kind of gives that kind of sense of, you know, 
it's like a really nice moment between them where they can kind of bond over we've kind of got that shared experience and I'm learning from you you're learning from me and it's you know what I mean it's really yeah. nice to see that kind of little friendship that was re- how really short it was yeah that was really nice especially because um I mean there is still so much racism and problems in the world that's just disgusting but in the 80s obviously hmm. it was also disgusting so for yeah. to see them sort of yeah owning that and being like actually no 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 hmm. this you 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 know what I mean this doesn't get to happen was yeah. was really quite think, good and I appreciated I think, that because yeah. I think within the comics isn't this one of the first times it's actually really addressed as well because you have yeah. um, Troy um obviously within the show he says midnight and all that kind of thing yeah and yeah, it is addressed in the show block. with the um when he says to Mike what I can't be like mm-hmm. why can't you be this one or Venkman, isn't it? Why, why, so. why, why do I have to be Venkman? Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit like that. So it's nice to actually see it within what to be is actually meant to be like a really fun, light-hearted, not yeah. to be taken seriously comic book. Yeah, it's good. Okay. It is really good, and I did appreciate that. Actually, I did think that was quite quite well done. Yeah, and what's nice as well is that for all the characters within that, actually they kind of get to have that moment of, like, catharsis, in a sense. So you have Mike that is dealing with Elle, um, and then you have Dustin, who's one I've just completely gone from my head, but I think it's to do with... Is it to do with his family and just things that have happened? Yeah. Yeah, and they all have, like, their little moments, and you've got the idea that Will can't quite express that, in that moment, he tries to be, like, a funny zombie. Yeah. and But even though they're, they're a bit frustrated when it comes into the film and they're all like, sorry, Will, that we should have, you know, you can talk to us. And it just really has that nice kind of... he He's allowed to accept it. And yeah. all of them realise, you know, we've all got our shared trauma. So to speak. Speaking of shared trauma... Should we talk about six and into oh, the fire? Because that's full of trauma, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Um, so we can talk about these two like interchangeably because they are they like into the fire is a sequel to six, and we have spoken a lot about six because we did a whole episode on the numbers. Um, mm. if you haven't watched it or listened to it, Spotify, mm. iTunes, Google, Stitcher. tuned in, Stitcher, YouTube, <laughs> go over there everywhere have a listen have a follow um so we did talk a lot about the numbers um but for those that don't know the plot of six is about the number six in the lab um her name is francine and she's actually an adult by the time she goes into the lab and becomes one of the numbers Hmm. which kind of has that real comparison as well just throwing to suspicious minds for like a brief moment it kind of it's almost like they tried it out with them. So Suspicious Minds, obviously we'll talk about later. You've got Terry, um, a girl called Alice, um, and a few other characters that we just said we'll go into more detail. It's almost like they've tried that plot out there. And then Brenna's almost gone, okay, let's expand this a bit more. It, because they obviously tie into one another in a yeah. sense. Yeah, they do actually. So there are bits um, that are mentioned about... Terry in six and into the fire. Hmm. 
So, yeah, no, that's, that is quite good. But, yeah, so we actually see number six, whose name is Francine, and also number three, whose name is Ricky, and both of them are adults while they are in the lab and when they go into the lab. And then we also see Eleven and her, Callie in the lab as well. Um, so Callie is number eight, as we see in season two. And then we also see twins, Jamie and Marcy, who are nine and 9.5, respectively. So, and they all have different powers as well. So, um, Francine is, she can sort of see the future and predict things, but it's not always perfect and it's not always right. And her background comes a little bit, uh, her dad wasn't really great about it and he'd make her try and predict the lottery numbers. And if she'd get it wrong, he would be really aggressive towards her, um, Ricky is an illusionist and quite manipulative and can um, sort of make people do what he wants. Um, Which is a theory we've tapped into a little bit in one of the yes. previous podcasts, that is he somehow related to Brenna. But, yes. So watch us when we talk about that in the numbers episode. <laughs> yes, I just really want to know if Brenna actually does have some type of power. I've been thinking about that a lot since that episode and it, it does make me wonder if he does have a power. Yeah, the way he talks... I keep referring to suspicious Mind. I need to stop doing that. But the way he talks... Next week, that, everybody, next week. Yeah. So I'll briefly say the way he talks within that, because we see a lot of it from his perspective. It's all... Yes. It's all this higher... Almost like higher power kind of mentality of the yeah. way he talks. And it's just... Yeah. I don't know how he knows the things he knows. Yeah. It, yeah. Yes. Something. I don't necessarily want him to be number one, but I also no. would be surprised. You get what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. I feel like they could do a lot more with who number one is than just making it Brenner. Will. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have Jamie and Marcy. So um, Jamie is number nine and she is pyrotechnic, so she can set fire to things. Um, but there is a quote in uh, Into the Fire, which is actually... Um, La uh, there's one thing that she had in control the one thing that she had in common with all of the children lack of control mm. so she was not able to keep the fire under control and she causes an explosion which puts her in a coma um, and that is when 9.5, 6 and Ricky actually escape um, and Ricky and 9.5, Ricky and Marcy, uh, do actually get away um, mm. and try and live their lives outside of the lab, um, out not knowing what had happened to Jamie until Into the Fire. That lack of control comment, actually, is really interesting then, especially since mm. if we think about what Callie says to Elle in season two as well, yeah. um, about that you have a wound, a terrible wound, like it will fester. It kind of yeah. relates almost to that, and also we see in season three that I guess she literally has no control of her powers because she doesn't have them. So, yeah, I think it's, it's I think it's Callie that also says in Into the Fire that that place breaks kids. I mean, she's not wrong, is she? No, <laughs> and she's directly referring to Elle and Jamie hmm. because Jamie has gotten lost in a sort of world that isn't really there but that she's gone down so Brenna made Callie 
think make so Brenna made Callie make Jamie think that she was in a forest with these animals that were her friends and that were really lovely to her. But then whenever the illusion would break, Jamie would say, give me my friends, give me my friends back. And Callie was young, so she couldn't keep it up all the time. So that really had an effect on Callie as well. And then that was the last time she saw Jamie. And then Jamie was put in a different institution um, afterwards to try and... Because basically Brenna told one of the lab people to kill her pretty much but he took her to a another facility to have her looked after um, and it's there that she is then found like she she's on the run from there because she sets it on fire um so she's on the run from there and that is where Ricky and Marcy find her so many years later like after the Hawkins has been on the news like 1985 so so many years later yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, is it post-season three or is it during season three? I think it's as season three is ending when like the Hawkins goes into the news and stuff. Okay, so it's around that similar time. So it'd be yeah, interesting cause... to know then if any of these characters will pop up. Yeah, well, in, they do say about wanting to, f- wanting to find Eleven um, and like trying to find what happened to her because Ricky and Marcy this whole time have sort of been settling in some places like at the start of into the fire marcy has friends but then when she gets home one day because her and ricky are posing as siblings he says it's better for us to not stay in one place for too long watch uh season four have them pop up as teachers in ellen will's new school (laughs) oh my god that would be really that would be really interesting though Mm. or some kind of thing going on with there because we know obviously the buyers have moved to a new place that would be a really interesting theory but there's actually um and the thing with that could be it could link because the facility where jamie is is where they find her they they do find her in the woods but where the facility where she's being kept there is a bit where they find one of the old lab people and um he gives Ricky an address and but you never see what the address is you never see which state the address is in whereas before that it's um Callie is in Chicago let's go to Chicago and Elle was here and we know this and blah blah blah. but when they get the final address of where Jamie is we don't actually see where that is oh (laughs) because it's Utah um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting that actually if you look in the world comic where you've got that book that comes up which yeah. very specific it's also very interesting then that as you said that's the one moment you don't see where, where they're, going. they're going you don't so you, like it, ricky yeah. yeah ricky and marcy don't even talk about it in the car yeah. it leaves it very very open then yeah. very open <laughs> yeah. because maybe the deathless hadn't decided where they're moving to yet <laughs> I mean, what's interesting as well, actually, the this was published in on the the first issue was the eighth of January, twenty twenty. So season three would have been out, and I would presume then the I mean, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know how long it takes to write a comic. It you know, I'm presuming the whole thing would have been written in the same amount of time. But yeah. I presume some conversation must have been happening then between yes. them saying. Especially, as you know, they've been told that they can't use the number one. 
So yes. some kind of conversation has to have been going on then. So I think they know they're going to pop up in season four. I just, <laughs> I just can't imagine. I can't imagine it being a reveal in season five because we're assuming that season five is going to be the finale and it just seems really weird to have kept it that whole time. So season yeah. four is where any reveals are going to happen, I think. Any, like, <laughs> reveals in, or on this level. Um, and I just can't imagine exploring just number eight and just Callie, mm. knowing that there's all these different numbers. Yeah. And that the fact that they're not allowed, no one's allowed to use number one. So the Duffers are obviously thinking that they're going to talk about numbers at some point. So mm. they have to come into it at some point. These these yeah. numbers have to come into it. They, they can't go the whole of the show from start to finish and just talk about mm. eight and 11 when, when you've only, got this yeah. whole thing. I, I can't imagine them not doing that. The only thing that makes me think that they wouldn't, I mean... To me, this sounds like it's been set up for it. Yes, one hundred percent. Even if it's in the form of a letter or something. To yeah. Get because uh, I, I can't really say because it's only something that's been said online. But because uh. what is interesting, and I think Millie has said this herself, is that she was just about getting into costume, and then was told the lockdown was happening. Um, and that would suggest then that because they were filming in Hawkins at the time because people were seen on set within that area within the Georgia area Mm -hmm. so and we know that Georgia is a Hawkins location which suggests that she's not with Will or the buyers at that point because I think it was said that Noah wasn't filming until that may or he was starting filming at a later date so that could have been that moment then that they were going to have that exchange in some way because it's very odd that she would have been on her own yeah and it could have been just like an out of you know continuity thing maybe they were using the set for or her visions yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but i don't know it just seems very odd that so uh, the Noah and that, or Noah wouldn't have been used until May. I think it was May because I think when they're said, living together. Yeah, I think he said it was either it was probably on TikTok or something like that in reply to someone, <laughs> or on or Instagram. But I'm sure he said that I'm not going to be filming until this date for a few weeks. Yeah. Or but the only thing that also makes me think: Are they not going to use the numbers? Is because I don't think. Callie was that well received yeah. in terms of the show. That's my only thing, but I don't know if it's just that episode seven wasn't well received or if Callie wasn't. I think it was episode seven and I also think that it might have been because the concept of using another number sort of came out of nowhere. So like yeah. she the thing that was the thing that was annoyed me a little bit with the Callie situation is that we didn't get much of her outside of the episode she was used for. So then you sort of think, mm-hmm. well, then was she just put in there just to say, we've used another number? Whereas, yeah. like, I would like more mm-hmm. information about her, you know? Yeah, that's my only worry if they're going to do that because 
I'm going to presume that a lot of people are going to skip this comic. So, is it going to be a thing where, similar to the Callie scenario in season two, when they're just going to pop up and be like, L, we need you, or whatever. Or or Eleven, I guess, because they're not going to know as L, but you get my point. And that'll happen. And then we'll have a Callie season two scenario all over again. That's my only thing. The thing I would imagine is that season four, if they're brought into season four, would start with the fire on the lab. That would be a way to get um, into it. That I imagine it very, would start like, yeah, yeah it would start with opening. that, yeah, um, with so I could see it starting with that happening, seeing Terry run in, hmm. and then whilst that's happening, we see the other three run out. And then we see six get killed, and then we yeah. see Ricky and like the other way, um, and then maybe it like pans to Jamie in the bed or something like that. Um, there you and then, way. yeah, so it could say like nineteen whatever year it was, yeah. and then it could flash films, back to nineteen eighty six. Because I think within like, the films actually forward. there is this big theme on like going back to the past and visions At and the that start. kind of stuff. Anyway, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. So and. I don't know, this whole, to look at it from an umbrella, I guess, this whole, to me, season four feels very season two, and I don't know why. No, I get that. Yeah, I yeah, can feel that. I just get that, that kind of vibe. So Yeah, so like, yeah. they could do that, and then they could flash forward to 1986, and then they could be like teachers at the school, they could have gotten in somehow, um, and but then it still introduces them in a way which is organic to the show if you've not read the comics. Yeah. That there, yeah, that would be a nice way in actually, rather than kind of just not that the Cali opening didn't intrigue you, but get what I mean. It's kind of just it was thrown in there, and we were like, yeah, eight, yeah. But I think if we did that, actually, then we get more and then she wasn't brought up until yeah. seven. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And then it's, and then it's really weird because then you're like, well, I want to know more. Why aren't yeah? Why don't we know more? You know, hmm. but yeah, there you go, yeah, that'd be. I'd be happy if they did it that way, but I feel like they need to. I feel like there needs to be more numbers. I just feel like there was there's so much potential with what happened in the lab, and I know it's stuff that happened in the past, but I like the concept of the numbers, but I'm also very much part of me. My mindset is like I don't want it to be the numbers show, mm. and I kind of like the mystery behind why is L like this. And I yeah. liked how eight or Callie was that kind of I'm tempting you to go to this side. Um, I mean, I mean, it's inevitable that number one's going to come up in some variety, and I think it has yes. to. But I, I don't know. That, uh, yeah, as I like, said, that's very who's number two? Who's number seven? Yeah. Who's number five? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's who's number with the numbers. Who's number ten? Like that. So I, I, I do wonder if they will leave it to the comics. Because I think the comics give you more room to explore all yeah. of that. But I don't know. I don't know. On that note, which was, you know, not a very conclusive ending to this podcast, but <laughs> as is the way of Stranger Things. I mean... We don't yeah. know. We, we, we don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yes. What an ending. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to us. Obviously, you can get involved. Um, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook 
at okay. Hawkins Podcast. And yes. you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Tuned In, Stitcher. You Google us, we come up. We're there. Much. Thank you for listening. And you can catch us next week as well, where we'll be talking about Suspicious Minds. So if you want to get reading, so you can come and talk all things the lab in 1960s Hawkins. Then we won't be dressing for the occasion. We definitely will not be. Um, <laughs> but feel free to go and check out the book if you want to know a little bit more about what we're talking about. But I don't think you'll have had to have read it. I think if you don't mind being spoiled, I think you're fine. I mean, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, you've been spoiled on it anyway. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we will talk to you next week. Over and out. Okay.